0: I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Hello, hello. Today I have my amazing friend, Brenda Gomez. She is from Westchester County, New York. She is a wife and mother to two amazing teenage children. Brenda and her husband have been dedicated members of her home church for over 14 years. Brenda is a certified speaker, coach, and trainer with the John Maxwell team who devotes her life to inspiring women to choose healing from trauma. She is on a mission to lead women into a journey to rediscover their strengths, heal from past wounds reignite their faith and live whole, healthy, joyful lives. She is the author of Do Not Conform, Transformation Awaits, a spiritual guide to healing and thriving. The details of her life are a testament that God who created you has a perfect plan for your life. It's up to us to fight against the anger, fears, and shame that keep us stuck and in despair. Wow. Welcome, welcome to the Courageous Podcast, my hello, dear friend. Hello, hello,
1: everyone.
0: I'm so excited. I can't believe that we're finally here. We are. It seems like yesterday, right, when we first started talking, well, I started talking about starting a podcast and I ran it by you and you were telling me, hey, I'd love to be a guest. And you were thinking down the road, right, that God had been calling you for years to to write a book. And so you were on Courageous Podcast, the fourth episode in May of 2020. And tell me, was that a ride or what?
1: Oh, was it? It was. It, <laughs> we were newbies. We were newbies. We were. Um, it was It was an adventure. It was really, it was an adventure. Um, it was a learning experience. We learned so much from that. And it was wonderful. In the end, it was absolutely wonderful. It really was. All all the nerves, all the stress, all all of it was worth
0: it. It sure was. I'm glad I took that journey with you.
1: I'm glad I took that journey with you.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm so happy, too. And just for those of you that don't know, Brenda and I literally met at a John Maxwell conference in 2018 we were in line to take a photo with John Maxwell and we just struck up a conversation. And can I tell you, you know, I'm very introverted for those that know me and Brenda is completely the opposite. And that's what I loved about her. And that weekend, um, she shared some of her story, me like a complete stranger. But looking back, we realized that that was a divine appointment and that God definitely wanted us to connect. Right.
1: It was, it really was. It it just, We 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 had a little break in between and you know, we said let's just relax and hang out and then all of a sudden we were like best friends instantly. (laughs) It was best friends instantly for the whole weekend. It was the best. It was the best. I I definitely know that God said send you my way, Madeline. I definitely know that for sure.
0: Amen. I do. I feel the same way. So today, obviously, Brenda, like I said, she shared her story in May of 2020. And if you haven't heard it yet, please go back. She is the most downloaded episode so far on Courageous Podcast still to this day. And so I need you to go back and listen to it um, so that you can really understand, you know, where her journey started. And I wanted you to just share a couple of the highlights, Brenda, because really our meeting today is really to talk about the book and how God led you down that path and what you're doing now to continue to help other women to heal. And so obviously you, you were born in Puerto Rico. And you lived in the projects there. I think you were seven, right? Yeah. And then in those early years, you had experienced some really traumatic experiences. You know, share a little bit about that.
1: So we grew up in El Caserío in Puerto Rico, which, you know, if anybody's from Puerto Rico, you know exactly what I'm talking about, which is basically low-income housing. During that time, I, I witnessed a lot of hard things there. You know, I witnessed a lot of violence, a lot of drugs and and alcohol and shootings and it, it was a scary place to be in. It was a scary environment for a little girl who was full of life and and wanted to just play. I wanted to play with my friends, that's all I wanted to do. But unfortunately, you know, when you come from poverty, you, you are left with very little choices and that was my mom's best choice at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were exposed to a lot of things that children should really not be exposed to. From what I can recall, I lived with my mom And my uncle, my dad wasn't not around. And my mom went to work and he babysat us and they had lost their mom. So he was very mentally unstable. He was little when, when my grandma passed, they also lost a sister, a young, younger sister. So they had a lot of trauma of their own. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of traumatic experiences of their own. So that left him Mm -hmm. mentally unstable. And that's who I was left with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, his punishments were very, very, very harsh. And, you know, I talk about that in the book and, very traumatizing in in the home and outside of the home. So it was a chaotic environment, basically. Mm.
0: And so going through that, your mom, like you said, did the best that she could. She had the courage to migrate to Bronx, New York with you and your brother. You were still exposed to more trauma. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Uh, We come to the South Bronx in New York and if anybody, you know, knows what that was like in the 80s, uh, it, was, it was really scary to look at the South Bronx in the 80s. It really looked like a scary movie, basically. So here I come from palm trees and blue and green ocean to an environment that was just physically scary. Hmm. And so we later moved to the suburbs of uh, Westchester County, and that was a little bit better. But however, my mom had left her youngest son back in Puerto Rico with the grandparents until she got settled here. Um, leaving her son behind, definitely took a toll on mom. And she was alone. She didn't have a mom. She, she didn't have the support that she needed really to to grapple with some of the traumatic experiences and losses that she had been through. Um, and that led her to alcoholism. And it led her to make wrong choices in relationships that led to domestic abuse. And so, you know, all those little things began to take root in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind. Right. And mm. so it was cumulative. You know, it took me to a place where I was just just fearful all the time. Mm. I was just scared of life, of people, of men. Realistically, when we talk about poverty, when we talk about, you know, lack of education, lack of healing, things like that, there's so many little intricacies that take place in, in those homes. You know, right. there's there's a lot of little, little things that become really big when you, mm. when you become an adult and they surface right. and you just don't have healthy relationships. You're just not, you're not able to meet your goals as a student. You're not able to accomplish the things that you were created to accomplish.
0: Right.
1: Because you live in in, in a mental fog from the fear and the anxiety. And so you're basically surviving through life. You're not really living life. There is hope, of course, but it is a journey that takes a toll on your body, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually.
0: Well, that definitely is what led you to write a book and to share your experience, but also to let people know what you did to find healing. And obviously healing can be a long journey. It doesn't Happen in six months or a year. It's a process. And so, some of the things that you've shared in your book, which I thought was pretty interesting, there's three sections in the book, and you've divided it by suffering, awakening, and healing. And I love, I love, I love those titles. Tell me a little bit about the suffering aspect.
1: So the suffering part of it, I describe um, basically the things that I experienced. And I share that, one, because you helped me to develop that story, that part of my story. <laughs> because that was the scariest part, is to share, you know, to be transparent about some of the things that you've encountered, right? right. And so it takes godly women like you, right, that God mm-hmm. sends. I really believe in God's sovereignty throughout your entire life. And the book is, shows that. It shows how he's always there. And he always sends the people that you need.
0: That's right. And so
1: you were a big part of developing that part so that I mean, as scary as it was to share, I was able to share that. It talks about real life situations that I encountered. The abandonment of my dad, extreme punishment for my uncle, the lack of trust towards men, all the things that got deposited into that little girl, you right. know, and how that light, right? I was always a happy little girl who wanted to learn and thrive. And I had big dreams when I was a little tiny little girl. And so all of those things got dimmed and dimmed and dimmed. Mm. And then when I became a mom, all of those hidden things that I had tucked away surfaced like threefold. It's when I became a woman and I had kids, there was an awakening within me that I had to do better, that I had to heal, that I didn't want this for my kids that I had to fight for them, that I had to, but then I did it all on my own strength for so many years. Mm -hmm. And that took a toll on me because you want to figure things out. You want to do a better job. And all of a sudden you find yourself just completely burnt out, worn out, exhausted beyond Mm -hmm. measure, right? exhausted. And so then I take you through that journey of God awakening. I am here and I can help you and I can heal you if you let me, right? If you let me in, right? God began to really press me and like corner me, you know, through my, you know, like it's time. Yeah, like you got to face this. You know, I walked through that journey with my readers as far as what does that look like, right? Because maybe some of the people that are listening to right now are getting those prompts, but they don't know Mm -hmm. what to do with them and they don't know how to act on them. And so maybe God is saying to you right now, it's time. And you're like, no, I'm scared, just like I did. And so I share that and and I share that in a very open way. And so that is attainable for people to understand that this is a normal part of your journey. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to, um, one day say, I'm going to heal. The next day say, no, I I don't want to do this. It's all part of the journey.
0: Something you said that all of these fears affected you being a mother and your children, but you said it also affected your marriage. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: People who have experienced trauma, Uh, have a real, real struggle with trust. And if we know we're going to have a healthy relationship, we know that trust is a big part of that. Also, your spouse not knowing uh, your triggers, how to handle your trauma. When my husband and I came into our relationship, he had his own set of of, of traumas that he came with. Mm -hmm. I had my own set of traumas that I came with. And putting that together without healing and without understanding was really chaotic, it's a struggle because I'm thinking one thing, he's thinking another. I'm struggling with my trust. He's struggling with why don't you trust me? You know, and so mm-hmm. so there's a lot of unanswered questions. You know, I've always been very honest with my husband about my background. But learning how to walk through that in a way that honors God is a completely different ballgame.
0: Yeah, I I can relate to that. When I was growing up, you know, my dad, whenever he would get upset at us, he would just stop talking to us and give us a silent treatment. The other day I was watching a program about what people were saying about the silent treatment. And they were saying like, well, it's better to just disconnect and not talk to the person. For them, they think that that's right, like with your spouse and so forth. But as a child, when you get the silent treatment, you feel rejection. And so when I got married, I started doing the same thing to my husband and he one day said listen I'm not your dad I'm not a stranger I'm your husband and you need to talk to me and you need to stop this nonsense but that was all the baggage that I brought into our marriage and it wasn't his fault so I, I can totally understand that we have to find healing so that now we do not project or take it out on our spouse right as well as being good moms. And so one of the things as a mom that I have not done is ever given my son the silent treatment. No matter how upset I've been, I always say, I love you, good night, God bless you. Tomorrow's another day. And so as as moms, we definitely have to be very mindful of that. And so the last part of the healing journey, there was a breaking point for you. What was it that finally kind of flipped the switch for you?
1: So, um, you know, children typically have a temperament like my daughter's more cautious my son is a deer like they're totally mm-hmm. it, it, com- complete opposites right my daughter is very aware of her surroundings she's like a mini me she really really is like a mini me so she's very aware of her surroundings so what happens is that she takes everything in she studies people she could she could figure out things that adults can't figure out right she's 17 now but she's done this since she was a little girl So when you have that personality, you you take in other people's anxieties and other people's things, and especially if you already have that personality. So I started to notice that she was going a little too far on that anxious spectrum Mm. where it was unhealthy. So it started to affect focus at school, right? Because when you're anxious, you can't really focus. I started to realize that if I'm anxious, I'm projecting that onto my child. That's right. right. If I'm calm, I'm going to have a calm child. Right. Right. If mommy's nervous, then if mommy's nervous about everything, which I was. Right. Then, then that means I should be nervous because mommy knows. Hmm. Right. And so whereas my son, he's, he was fine. Right. My daughter, it started to kind of take root in her spirit. And so when I realized that I was giving her some of my anxiety mm-hmm. on top of the normal things that kids are anxious about in school, right. that broke me. That completely, completely tore me in into a thousand pieces, right? Because what do we want for our kids? The very best of everything.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right? We want them to have a sound mind, to be able to walk through life with tools, with the spirit of God, strong, courageous, and to know that I could be contributing to her anxiety because I had not gotten help. Right. Completely tore me into a thousand pieces. And that definitely was the breaking point for me where I said, I definitely will get help now.
0: I mean, yeah, anything that relates to our kids, if that doesn't change your ways, if that doesn't motivate you, if that doesn't inspire you to say, hey, I need to do things a little bit different. I don't know what will, because technically that can become a generational curse, right? She can now have those same anxieties, and now take that into her marriage, into her children. And those are the things that we want to break, all those generational curses. And so something that I love that you shared from the beginning when we did the first podcast was you said, in order to find healing, you have to enter the pain. What does that mean, Brenda?
1: So when I started um, therapy with my pastor, which I fought for a long time to do, right? Right. When you enter into a process like that of unraveling, right, your 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 past and and kind of coming to terms with the things that happened to you and the reason why you um, respond to things the way you respond to things. And I'll give you like real examples. Like my husband could like come to hug me from behind and, and I would like, it would be like a trigger. Mm. Like my anxiety would just be activated now. And I would like yell at him, like, don't do that. You know, and he's like. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like trying to hug you, you know. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's things like that. And then, like with my kids, I was like a helicopter mom, mm. you know. Like I was just just watched them, just constantly. Like you know, I wouldn't leave them with anyone to babysit. It was exhausting, really. Mm. It was really exhausting. But anyway, so I made the choice of um, sending my daughter to sleepaway camp because I needed that to practice that separation with her mm. and know that God would take care of her at sleepaway camp. It was Christian sleepaway camp. And that week, that first time that she went, I did not sleep mm. the whole entire week. Um, the anxiety inside of me was just over the top. And so, but then the second year that I sent her was a little bit better. And then the right. third year was fine. So it was like, I needed to, we needed to pray so that she also would know that she's brave and she can do anything. You know, she can That's get through hard party. She can be without mommy and she can be happy and great. And, 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 and joyful. And so but those are, that's how it plays out. I wanted to make give you an example of what does it play out on a day to day basis. Right. And so when I went into therapy, I started to grapple with all these things that had happened to me in my childhood. And I had forgot a lot of things that happened to me. And mm-hmm. and, and and the and the body does that, the mind does that as a as a protective mechanism. Because Absolutely. you have to function you have to be a mom, mm-hmm. you have to go to work, you have to be a functioning citizen, right? Mm-hmm. So um, but then when you enter into that, you have to really go into that pain and you have to live it again. You have to live yes. it. And, you know, I know there's different schools of thought, like that, that people feel like you, you don't have to enter the pain in order to heal. That's but right. I feel that the best way, right, for me, at least for me, the mm-hmm. best way is to enter the pain, is to is to come to terms with what was and also to grieve that little girl. In the book, mm. there's a letter that I write to my young self. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I did that is because you have to grieve that little girl that didn't have the life that you dreamed of. That's right. Right. And so you have to do those things in order to reframe and, and have a different perspective and understand why did your life go the way that it went? That's right. Right. What happened to your parents? What were their traumas? What came out
0: of that pain? That's right.
1: Is that mm-hmm. I'm here right now, right? Yeah. To help other people. That's right. So, and, and, but I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have entered into that space of really understanding right. what happened to me. Why did it happen to me? What can I do with that now?
0: Right. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That's that's a quote I've used uh, in many of my podcasts after you and I spoke, and it really has ministered to a lot of people and they have reached out and said, hey, I love when she said that. Um, It's so important to do that. And so I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Obviously, I know that you wrote the book because you felt that God was really pressing and calling on you to write this book, to help people, to lead them into coaching, um, you know, where you could meet with them, love on them, walk on the journey with them. You know, what did you learn on this book writing journey? (laughs) I
1: think that was another phase of healing, really writing the book, Um, because there are layers, you know, there are layers. Um, And there's purpose in everything that happens to you. Everything happens with a unique purpose. And God is, you know, he works all things out for the greater good of those who love him. He really, really does. And that I've seen through the book. So the journey was excruciating, right? Just like the healing. The healing is excruciating. When I enter into this with someone that I'm coaching, I really advise them, like, this is is for the brave. Like, this is not for the weak at heart.
0: This is real
1: deep work that's going to take, like, it's going to just really, really crush your soul for a little bit. You know, my pastor always says, sorrow comes to the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's one of his favorite verses. And it's true. There were nights where it was sorrowful. Like, it was doubled Mm -hmm. over pain. Like, it was really excruciating to remember some of the things that happened that I had forgot about, right? Right. And to relive that again, excruciating. But then... You see the light at the end and you see that God had purpose all along. Like I right. I can relate to a woman. I can see the pain of a woman that's been through what I've been through. I can mm-hmm. see it. I can feel it. I can recognize it. I can speak to her in the eyes and say, you're going to be okay.
0: That's right. That's there right. is
1: hope. You're going to be okay. Amen. And I can say that because I lived it and I lived through it to the other side. That's so the right. book was scary. It was one of the most scary things. I shared with you the first week that I released the book. I woke up every night at three o'clock in the morning with pain, like I was like, <laughs> pain. And like, I was like, my tummy hurt. And like, I was like, what did I do? Like, right. were you, like did you really ask me to do this? Yes. It was not easy. It was not easy. Yes. The process of writing a book itself is excruciating. I like to be real. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also beautiful work. Mm. It's beautiful work. The entire thing is a blessing. I mean, there were times that I let it go. I'm like, I don't think I could do this. Right. I really don't think I could do this, and then I had these Prairie Warriors. You were one of them. Yes. And they were like, "You can do it, and and, and God has called you to do it, and so you're That's going right. to do it, and you're going to keep writing, and you're going to do it, and so and then God sent me like amazing group of people: editors, Christian editors, graphic designer. Like just, I mean, He orchestrated everything so beautifully because I was obedient. Amen. It, it was obedient to 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 answering the call, and so it was hard. But now I sit here and I'm like. I can't believe I'm doing this podcast with, with 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 confidence and courage because I do I don't feel terrified anymore. I feel That's like right. It was, it was definitely I like get confirmation after confirmation from women who are um, receiving the message of healing. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting brave and courageous to go and to get the healing that they need. They know they have tools, so they know what they need and how to access it.
0: Amen. You know, God, sometimes God is calling us to do things. And like you said, we're terrified and we're like, how am I going to do that? That's how I felt with the podcast. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to go. But on the journey God has shown me and he's shown you and and many others is that he has already equipped us with the gifts and the talents to make it happen. We just have to be brave enough and courageous enough to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you take over. I'm going to start. I'm going to research. I'm going to write. I'm going to you know, talk to people. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. And I know that you're going to make it happen and put it together. And he does orchestrate it and he kind of puts really it together. Does. And I see the confidence in you from when we first spoke and how fearful you were because your family didn't know a lot of, you know, what had happened and you wanted to protect them. And I wanted to protect them as well. And so that was so, so important, but to see the growth is, has been amazing. And so Brenda, Brenda, I wanted you to share quickly before we go, if there's somebody that's listening to the podcast and they say, Hey, that was me, or that is me, you know, I'm still in that place. I am projecting this. It's affecting my marriage. It's affecting my children. My child went through this. How do I help them? What would you say to them right now to encourage them, Brenda, to give them hope?
1: So I would say that you are not alone. Number one, uh, one of the things that I have found through this is Wow. I was not alone. Mm. There are so many women and men that have gone through what I've been through. Uh, I really thought I was doing this for just women. And God has shown me that it's for all of the above. And so you're not alone. For you to find healing is, is not being vulnerable. It's actually being very, very strong. That's right. And so it really takes a lot of courage to get healed and to get well and to do the work that God is calling you to do. You have everything that it takes to heal. And when you make that decision, God is going to bring to you the right people that will pray with you, that will walk you by the hand when you fall during that journey, because you will. And when you get weak, there's going to be somebody there. There's going to be a sister or a brother that's going to say, come on, let's keep going. We're close. We're almost there. Let's, Let's finish the race. And so I promise you that if you make the decision to say, I want to be well. I want to have a sound mind. I want to be well for my family. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better wife. Um, and this is not about perfection because we're That's not right. going to be perfect till we get to heaven. But no. But we could have um, a healthier lifestyle. We can have joy. That's one of the biggest things. Like peace and joy. It was so worth it. It's like I wanted to give my kids all those things. But what happens is one of the things that was key for me, it was that my pastor said to me, Brenda, you're doing it backwards. Hmm. You can't give to your kids what you don't have.
0: That's right.
1: And God wants it for you. He wants it for you. And so whoever's yes. listening to this, I want you to know that God wants you to have joy. And then as a result of you having peace and having joy, you're going to give that out That's of right. an overflow.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's time.
0: That's Amen. what I am to say
1: to you. It's time.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I have to support my sister. This is her book, Do Not Conform. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I was just telling her before we recorded, like, when I went through it, I was like, mira, nena, esto está bien profesional. (laughs) This is, like, super duper professional. Um, The way that it's laid out, you know, the stories, the reflections, you know, it's just amazing. And and you said that this definitely was God. God put this together for you. Um, and it shows when you go through the book. So please go to Amazon, get the book. It will definitely bless your life. I know you're going to love it. Brenda, how can people connect with you?
1: Instagram, I'm at Transformation Awaits. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook just Brenda Gomez. And there is also a website, brendacertifiedcoach.com. So if anybody wants to email me through my website, if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, anything that you, you know, anything that you want to wrestle with, call me and, and then we'll connect. You know, when you read the book, just do the work, answer the questions, go, go all in.
0: That's right. I love it. Well, Brenda, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Courageous. Once again, Uh, congratulations on writing this amazing book on going on that journey again. Um, I remember speaking into existence in the first episode (laughs) and God made a way and not even a pandemic and all the fears that you had stopped you from writing this book because God opened the doors, like you said, and brought all the people that you needed to put it together and to make it happen. I pray continue blessings over you, your beautiful family, every book launch that you do, every small group that you do. I pray blessings over it, that God will continue to use you. I was going to say you have a friend here, but really a sister. I love you. I love our sisterhood. I'm excited for us to collaborate together and work together in the future. Yes. Yeah. Courageous is your home. You are still the number one episode on Courageous. Thank you, sister, for believing in me and for believing in Courageous and for trusting and believing in yourself that God would use you in this way.
1: I want to thank you, Madeline. I want to thank you because you have one of the biggest hearts that I've known. You Mm -hmm. really do. You are selfless. You are beautiful inside out. And I know that you've had a hard year, too. And so I want to acknowledge that you're a fighter, too. You're a warrior. You are definitely Mm -hmm. courageous. And that's what God has called you to do this Courageous Podcast, honestly. But what I want to say is thank you for your love, for your support, for helping me to mold that difficult part of my story. Mm -hmm. Because I would not, you know that I would not have followed through. (laughs) Especially if you put me on the spot. You said that, you know, stay tuned. The book is coming. I was like, oh, she put it out there. And so... (laughs) So you definitely lit the fire and I love you with all of my heart. I do. I love you with all my heart. I'm so grateful for our friendship. I really am. So thank you.
0: Hey, Courageous Community, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a Courageous Story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at Courageous Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.